What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. On today's show, Elizabeth Wild Greenberg is a senior reporter for The Appeal, a worker-led nonprofit news organization. Her article is Calls for Action After Reports of an Edible Food at a Virginia Prison. What correctional officials are really telling people who are in prison is that, you know, you're not human and you are not deserving of healthy, adequate, good-tasting food. It's incredibly dehumanizing to serve people food that is moldy, rancid, expired, that has bugs in it. It's, of course, part of the larger dehumanization that this country engages in when it comes to incarcerated people and their basic human rights. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Kat Brooks. Savannah Correctional Center for Women in Virginia have told the appeal that the food they are receiving is spoiled and moldy, which has led to calls from elected officials for a deeper investigation and change. We are joined today by Elizabeth Well, Greenberg, senior reporter for The Appeal, a worker-led nonprofit news organization. She writes in prison and jail conditions and wrongful convictions. Her article uh, about this in The Appeal is calls for action after report of an edible food at Virginia prison. Good morning, Elizabeth. Thanks for joining us today. Good morning, Kat. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, Elizabeth, what are the women uh, who are incarcerated at the Fluvana Correctional uh, Center saying about their food? Right. Well, the reports from the women are, you know, pretty universal. Um, what they're telling me, both in phone interviews and then I'm also in touch with them um, over the prison's uh, messaging service, is that they're provided food that is moldy, rotten, or spoiled. They have found roaches or other bugs on their food trays and sometimes even in their food. Um, The portion sizes are also quite small. Uh, One woman told me that the portions are toddler size. In terms of, you know, specific reports, uh, a woman wrote to me that they'd been served rotten, black, slimy potatoes, Another day, they were given moldy hamburger buns. Um, Another woman um, who's quite an outspoken um, advocate to try to better conditions at the prison for herself and the other women uh, she's incarcerated with said that, you know, since she found uh, maggots in her cauliflower, she now tries to only eat food uh, that she can wash off. Elizabeth, how did you first come in contact with... uh these women and what kind of investigation did you and the appeal do as follow-up? Yeah, that's a great question. So I started out um, reporting on the health care uh, lawsuit uh, that involves the women at the prison um, over substandard health care that the women um, have been receiving and the settle- settlement agreement that's in place. And while I was talking to women um, about the healthcare issue, um, the food issue uh, became part of our conversations as well. And so, what what started out as a story on a lawsuit alleging uh, substandard healthcare turned into a few different stories on the uh, inedible food that the women say that they're provided. And so, you launched this investigation, and. Um the department responded with a June, quote, dietitian's report on food service, end quote, and a monthly menu. What did the dietitian tell you? 
was happening with the food. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a really kind of interesting and and to me incredibly disturbing part of this. You know, the Virginia yeah. Department of Corrections, I have relayed um, all of the women's allegations to them, very specific allegations. They have denied um, absolutely everything. And they, the spokesperson wrote to me in an email that, you know, they that their inspections uh, show that there's nothing wrong, that they, you know, are complying in all assessment areas. And I asked, you know, for a copy of this report and I was told I had to file a public records request. So I did. And in response, I received um, a dietitian's report, which, um, you know, did say that the, uh, you know, that the facility was complying in each assessment area. Now, of course, there are a few issues with this, right? You know, one is that the dietitian is employed by the Department of Corrections. And the second is that, you know, we don't have, um, you know, restaurant owners inspect their own restaurants, right? We have the Department of Health inspect restaurants. And when I reached out to the Virginia Department of Health and also relayed uh, the women's allegations and asked for their response, what they told me is that they do not conduct inspections of the state prisons in Virginia, although they do inspect some local jails. So there are a few differences, right? One is the Virginia prisons have no independent oversight when it comes to their kitchen and dining facilities. Um, and the second is that when a facility in a, a restaurant or a local jail is inspected by the state health department in Virginia, those reports are available um, in a very easily online accessible database. Um, the second is that uh, repeated violations can result in civil penalties. So we're just not seeing the same kind of transparency or independent oversight or accountability when it comes to um, the Virginia prison uh, kitchen and dining facilities. Now, Elizabeth Wild Greenberg, your reporting has gotten the attention of some electeds. Um, how have they responded and what is being called for? Yeah, and I was really happy to see that because, you know, I should say I can't, um, you know, I can't do justice to what to what the women share with me and the, the true desperation that they have for this situation to change. And, and I should note that they are you know, really quite courageous advocates to speak out. Um, you know, speaking out while you're incarcerated is um, a very, very difficult task. And it's one that, that they, they've undertaken because they are really committed to making changes for themselves and for the other women who are at Fluvana. So I was really glad to see that some elected officials were really hearing their voices and listening to them. Um, Delegate um, Patrick Hope, um, after my report came out, he is, he told me that he's now looking into how the state health department can conduct those inspections. Um, he said that, you know, right now the Virginia Department of Corrections really governs itself. It polices itself and they are in need of some outside oversight. So he's looking into how the Department of Health can take on um, that oversight and, and inspection piece. Um, 
former delegate Jay Jones has called on the state attorney general to launch an investigation into the women's allegations. Um, I did reach out to the attorney general's office, but they declined to comment because of the pending litigation um, in the healthcare suit, although the healthcare suit does not, as far as I know, um, include anything about the food issues. One of the most chilling sentences for me in your article, Elizabeth, was uh, one of the women who wrote in to you said the state is weaponizing food. What do you take that to mean? Yeah, um, I, I think that she is exactly right. You know, what is really clear in this story and and in, you know, reports that you hear from all over the country of people who are incarcerated who are served food that is inedible um, because this, this is a problem, um, you know, in, in many, many prisons um, around the country is that what correctional officials are really telling telling people who are in prison is that, you know, you're not human and you are not deserving of healthy, adequate, good tasting food. Um, it's incredibly dehumanizing to, to serve people um, food that is moldy, rancid, expired, that has bugs in it. It's, of course, part of the larger dehumanization um, that this country engages in when it comes to incarcerated people and their basic human rights, whether it's health care or, or food that we're talking about. And so she's exactly right. Um, they are weaponizing food. They're weaponizing it to show, you know, the women there that they're less than, um, that they're not deserving of the basic human rights that, of course, they are absolutely entitled to. Right, not just a war on the body, but a war on the mind, which is prison as a whole, the way we do it in this country. Um, uh, you've also, as you mentioned earlier, uh, recently reported on substandard medical conditions. I want to turn our attention for our last couple of minutes uh, to Illinois State Prison. Um, and I'd like to start with how you start your article uh, with the story about a man who had cancer and uh, what happened to him. Yeah, this was, I mean, I think especially for anyone, right, who has a loved one who's had any type of chronic illness, for anyone who's experienced a chronic illness, for anyone who's been incarcerated or had a loved one incarcerated, these reports are just absolutely heartbreaking and tragic and should never, ever happen. Um, so the um, the story that I, I start my piece with is about a man with cancer who um, you know, in the last hours of his life, he was, um, you know, found on the, the floor of his prison cell and there was fecal matter on his hands. And the nurse saw that but did not assist him with cleaning himself up or, you know, affording him any kind of dignity or compassion. Um, he was just left there and he, um, you know, he, he died that, that same day. Um, and I, I chose that really um, that tragedy to start the piece with because it was very uh, emblematic of the kind of health care that incarcerated patients are receiving in Illinois prisons. And that is according to the court appointed monitors report. And this is someone that the court has designated as a monitor to 
make sure that the Illinois Department of Corrections is fulfilling their obligations under a settlement agreement that they entered into um, in 2019. And what the court-appointed monitor makes very clear um, is that incarcerated people in Illinois are receiving, you know, shockingly um, substandard care, especially the most vulnerable patients. And we're talking about patients with life-threatening illnesses, um, as well as elderly patients with dementia. And we don't have enough time to do this story. Enough justice, Elizabeth. We're going to bring you back as we continue to follow your work covering um, the human rights abuses uh, of people in jails and prisons across this country. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Kat. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for your work. And yours, Elizabeth Wild Greenberg is a senior reporter for The Appeal, a worker-led nonprofit news organization. She writes on prison and jail conditions and wrongful convictions. Her article uh, about the food in Virginia prison is calls for action after report of an edible food at a Virginia prison. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about our topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Raskin of Fort Knox 5. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis. That's D-I-S. And subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawanddisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam. <laughs>